This week's Labyrinth Library podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash lablib. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello and again, welcome to the Labyrinth Library Podcast. How are you doing this week? Me? I'm, I'm pretty good, but also uh, a little bit sad, a little, because this is the end of my vacation, you see. Uh, we had uh, about a week off, or I had about a week off, between you know cleaning up and wrapping up the last school year and getting ready for the next one, and I, I, I enjoyed it. It was good. It was very restful. I didn't go anywhere, mind you, because uh, I don't like traveling very much. I'm perfectly happy to stay at home. I did some work to get ready for the next school year. I took a lot of naps. I watched some TV shows. I watched the old Taxi, uh, first season of Taxi, which is a brilliant TV show, a great sitcom. If you've never seen it, go watch it. I did some reading. Uh, it was lovely. It was a wonderful time. But I have to go back to school tomorrow to prepare for the upcoming school year because contrary to what I thought when I was in high school, you do have to prepare before you go in and teach. You can't just walk in and make stuff up. Or you can, but it's very risky, and I don't advise it. But anyway, that's 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 what this is. So tomorrow I go back to school. I don't know how I'm going to drag my poor, wasting away vacation body to school. It's going to be tough, but I'll get there. I'll get there. Don't worry. Uh, but other than that, things are, are good. Things are fine, and I hope they are fine with you. So why don't we get to this week's book? Now, I told you last week that the book we're talking about is a book of essays, and it is by a guy who is more famous for his cartoons, especially during the Bush era. And they are some of the angriest, most venomous cartoons you're, out, you're likely to find out there. And I did get one correct answer. Once again, one of our reigning champions of guessing the book, uh, Marissa from the United States, she got it right, that we are talking about the book We Learn Nothing by Tim Creeder. So congratulations, Marissa. Uh, now, while I was reading this book, and I have to confess, I was reading it during a particularly dull faculty meeting. Uh, thank God for the iPad, but yeah, all right. My colleague looked over, and he looked at the title, and he remarked something along the lines of, well, that's completely not what we do here. Not in that tone of voice, though, but you, you, you get what I mean. He's, he looked at the title, we learn nothing, and we're reading it in a school. Ha <laughs> ha, irony. I just shrugged and flicked to the next page and went on reading, because it would have taken a lot longer than I had, and it would have been too noisy to explain right there, to to say nothing of outing me as someone who wasn't paying what might be technically called strict attention to what was being presented at the time. Now, it is true that as teachers, we might recoil from the idea that we learn nothing. After all, if that is true, then what are we even doing here? It might seem that some of our students have chosen this motto as the guiding principle of their years of secondary education, but Still and all, we like to believe that they come out of this school having learned something, if only how to bullshit the teacher into thinking you're smarter than you really are. And I think that, by the way, should be a required course. I really think we need to have a course in just bullshit. It is the best thing to get you through life. But anyway, Greeter, in this book, he's not talking about that kind of learning. He's not talking about book learning. He's not talking about learning how to do math or why the sun shines or how to make a delicious pie. Those are indeed things we can learn and we should learn. What he's talking about are the things that we fail to learn in life, the big-scale decisions about love and family and politics, where no matter how badly we screw up, we always seem ready 
eager even to stand up, brush ourselves off, and screw up again. He begins the book with a statement that not many of us can make, and it's this. Fourteen years ago, I was stabbed in the throat. This is kind of a long story and less interesting than it sounds. Not bad for a first line, by the way. If you're going to write a first line of a story, that's a good one to go with. Creter goes on to say that there is an expectation that getting stabbed in the neck and nearly dying is the kind of thing that should make a person reevaluate his life, perhaps gain some perspective on things that are important and those that are merely trivial. And while there was a time where he looked at the world anew, eventually he sort of reset back to where he was before his brush with death, yelling in traffic, getting impatient with other people, fixating on things that were in no way good to fixate upon. In short, after the ephemeral nature of life was made clear, he eventually went back to living as though nothing had changed, simply because one cannot live in that constant state of gosh-wow bliss all the time. Through this collection of very funny, touchings, and uh, thoughtful essays, Creter looks at the lessons he just doesn't seem to want to learn. He talks about the women who've broken his heart and how, given the chance, he'd probably let them do it again. He reminisces lovingly over his extended youth of drunkenness and adventure, knowing that it wasn't the best way to spend so many years, but at the same time knowing that he wouldn't trade them in for a more conventional life. He lets us in on the dark secret of the crazy pathological uncle that he tried to help, despite his mother's insistence that he stay as far away as he can, about his attempts to infiltrate the tea party just to find out if it was as crazy as we all thought it was, and about letting his anger and frustration have free reign as he drew cartoons during the Bush years. In short, Creter is just as aware of his flaws as he is unable or perhaps unwilling to correct them. But that's not his fault, really, as these are flaws we all have. They're, they're glitches in our reasoning, they're gaps in our self-knowledge that we wouldn't fix even if we wanted to. They're part of the human drive towards self-destruction, potent in some, less so in others, that cause us to make these irrational decisions that we know we will regret in the fullness of time. While my life may not have been quite as exciting and turbulent as Creter's, I could still see in his stories the same kind of uh, willful ignorance of my shortcomings that has sabotaged many a good thing in my own life. But as bad as all that sounds, they make us who we are. You know, Creter wouldn't be who he is and do the things he does if it weren't for the events that shaped him. The decisions he made throughout his life, the bad and the good, molded his personality, gave him purpose, and made him the person that he is. The same can be said, then, for all of us. Uh, we have our weaknesses, our foibles, our neuroses, many of which are prime impediments to having what we imagine to be a good life. What we can change, we should change. But those things we cannot change about ourselves are, I don't know, maybe the things we should embrace. They're the things that keep us humble and human, and as long as we know that they're there, well, maybe they won't do too much damage. So let me give you a quote. Uh, in one of his essays, he talks about how he and his friend came up with the concept of a soul toupee. And I thought this was brilliant, and I want to hold on to this concept, and I wonder what my soul toupee is. And if you know, please don't tell me, because it'll be depressing. He says, The soul toupee is that thing about ourselves which we are most deeply embarrassed by and like to think we have cunningly concealed from the world, but which is, in fact, pitifully obvious to everybody who knows us. I've seen toupees like that, too. <laughs> anyway, uh, that is Tim Creeder. We learn nothing. 
Now, alas, if you are looking for an audio version of this book, it is, does not exist yet. But if you do want an audiobook, and who doesn't, really, you can go to audibletrial.com slash lablib, and you can sign up for a free trial membership with audible.com. With that comes one free download. There are countless, I would say literally, but that's wrong, because literally has to mean literally. It doesn't mean figuratively. I've gotten into this argument before. So it's not literally, but figuratively, countless books that you can download. Uh, and any one of them can be your free download if you sign up for a trial membership. If you stay with the service, they're all open to you for a price, of course. So go to audibletrial.com slash lablib, sign up for your free trial membership with Audible, and support the podcast. Everybody wins. Okay. By the way, I would recommend, if you... Don't usually, uh, you should, but if you don't usually, you should uh, check out the blog post for this entry this week because I will provide links to Creator's cartoons. They're very, very funny. They are not in any way, shape, or form family safe or in many cases work safe, uh, but they're great and I highly recommend you go. I love, I love it when he comes up with a new cartoon. I get very excited. Uh, but next week, why don't we, before we sort of change the format of the podcast at the end of the month, why don't we get rid of one of these extra Discworld books? Because as I told you, I have far too many of them. This will be the, the last one for a good long while, I'm sure, uh, unless Sir Terry comes out with a new Discworld that is brilliant, and I have to review it. Uh, so next week, it is one of the older Discworld books, one of the sort of in the, the first chunk of, of the Discworld series when he was still kind of messing around. And this is a book about what happens when you are born with way too much power. And what does it mean to have, uh, you know, total control over reality, pretty much. So, tell me what the book is. Um, you'll probably guess if you're a Discworld fan, you might know. And that is it, I think. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, so, I have to sort of gear myself up and prepare myself for going back to work tomorrow. Fortunately, tomorrow is not really a, a working day. I don't get to meet with students, but it's a good day to ease myself back into things. going to meet with my fellow teachers, start planning, make photocopies, all that good stuff that teachers do. So, I hope you enjoy your week. Thank you all very much for listening, as always, and I will talk to you all again next week. A text version of this review will be up on the blog, thelablib.org along with any relevant links I can think of. If you have anything you want to say or any suggestions you'd like to make, please leave a comment and let me know. If you have a book you would like to recommend, I would be happy to hear it. If you'd like to send me an email, send it to labyrinthlibrary at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, please give a review on iTunes, become a fan on Facebook, or follow LabLib on Twitter. This podcast is covered by a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives license so feel free to share it but please don't sell it or change it the music is courtesy of kevin mcleod at www.incompetech.com thanks for listening i'll be back next week and until then keep reading